Welcome back to Bridgerton Bitches. Today we're talking all about episode seven of series two. My name's Christina. And I'm Natalie. And before we get started, a big shout out to Lady Christie, our very first ever supporter and donation on Kofi or Coffee. Um, it was a lovely start to our day and very much appreciated. So thank you so much for your lovely donation. So let's begin uh, with a little summary. So season six ended. Season two, episode six ended with Kate and Anthony finally kissing at the church. Episode seven basically starts with Bridgertons and Sharmas trying to sort out the aftermath of the wedding going a little bit wrong. Uh, the Queen accuses Eloise of being Lady Whistledown and Canthony, I'm hoping that will catch on, finally have sex. I think that's pretty much episode six in a nutshell, Chris. Anything you would, episode seven, anything you would add to that? Wow, I'm really no, bad at a, this. <laughs> that's a great summary. Well done. Thank you. I'm so glad that's over. Okay, so Chris, what was your best bit from episode seven? Yes, yeah, so I was just happy um, that we finally got a topless Anthony scene. I feel like we hadn't had one for, for a while. So I popped that bit where Anthony is in bed and he's just chilling topless, uh, mm. which was very nice. And then it moves on to Kate, doesn't it? Immediately afterwards, we see Kate in bed. And um, my first impression was, I just realised how amazing Kate's eyelashes are. If you mm. notice, she's just got incredible eyelashes. Yeah, amazing eyelashes. So that was also the very first, this is the very first opening scene of episode seven, isn't it? When we see Anthony in bed and then Kate in bed. And I totally agree. This was one of my best bits. Um, I love how we get to see kissing flashbacks that we didn't see in episode six. Did you notice the different kissing angles? Yes. Yes, I did. Did you... you get the tongue that you were after? No. You were after the tongue. I'm going right. to find the picture of him massively tonguing her. I... Because, mm. because it wasn't in episode six or episode seven in the flashback. But you know the memory that Kate has? She's lying in bed and she's remembering the kiss. The kiss that she remembers is way softer and more dramatic than the actual kiss in episode six. Did you notice that? Like it was like more intense. Yeah, I did. But I did think that. And it was, yeah, from a different camera angle. It's like the camera was on the altar, wasn't it? Almost. Yeah. And it was like because, you know, in episode six, they kiss and then they go apart again. And I thought that was a bit weird. Is what she's remembering them kissing again like do you know what I mean because we don't know how long they were kissing for in the church I think you did a you've done a really deep dive into the kissing and I feel like I don't really know because I feel like maybe you watched it more than once that's the impression I'm getting right now I did watch like, it more than once and yeah, I also I rewound tell. I can't I help myself tell. it's a problem it's a natural did drug you, they should make it illegal did you zoom in as well I would have done but I don't think Netflix lets you Netflix you should add zoom in I remember when we were kids and we watched a DVD and there used to be a Zoom function and we used to pull scenes like that and Zoom all the way in. Yeah. Yeah. Good old yeah. days. Good times. Whilst um, we're on those scenes, I just wanted to add something else whilst we're in this scene. Mm. Um, it's kind of like the next bit when I just didn't really, really confuse. So we see Kate <laughs> in the bath and I was like, OK, cool. She's in the bath. Then it zooms out and Edwina's in the bath next to her. And I was like, OK, this is weird just about to write down how weird it is and then the mum <sighs> is also in the bath and I was just like in what kind of messed up reality are three of you bathing at the same time in like little identical copper baths next to each other and I 
I've never seen that before in a costume drama. I think it's weird and I don't think it would have happened. What do you reckon? That's a good point because I don't know if this is a thing that rich people did, but wouldn't they have just like reused the bathwater? So like the mum would have gone in first then the oldest sister and then the younger sister. Or is that like what poor people did in the old days? I think like super poor people would do that. <laughs> but I think... I don't think you'd have three baths. I think you'd have one nice copper bath and you'd just bathe at different types times like normal people would today. I do not understand why they all had a bath at the same time. I thought it was really silly. Yes, good point. Also, logistically, trying to get the baths hot at the same time would have been impossible. Like, what are you going to do? Have three maids, each putting a bucket of hot water in yeah. each bath at the same time. Also, why would Lady Danbury have three copper baths? She lives on her own in that massive house. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. I did not even pick up on that. Yeah. And I wanted to Google it, but I didn't have time to be like, why? <laughs> like, do they all like use the chamber pot at the same time? Like, do they all line up with identical chamber pots and all take a dump at the same time? I just don't That's a big understand. leap. That's a big leap. But Is it why though? not? Why not? Do they all hold hands while they're pushing one out? (laughs) (laughs) Now you went too far that time. And it's like a problem. I have to. It's Um, weird. I did think it was quite sweet when the mum, Mary, was like, Kate, try the lily soap. It's good for nerves. And I was like, that's really sweet. Like she can obviously tell that Kate's in some kind of turmoil and you could tell Kate was really stressed. And I liked that. Yeah, I think I mentioned that in an eye roll moment when I'm talking about how useless the mum is. But you're right, that was nice, wasn't it? And um, yeah, to be honest, the bath scene didn't make my best bits. Um, Yeah, I think it was just, I'm not sure it was my best bit, but because I was writing that scene just before, (laughs) yeah. Um, And I was just like quite bewildered and amused by that whole scene. And I'd be quite interested to maybe Google it and see what the director was thinking. Like, what was that supposed to represent? Because also Kate and um, Edwina clearly haven't made up. Edwina's giving her the cold shoulder still. So the bath scene comes up for me under eye rolls. And I talk about that about what I think the, the function of that was. So in terms of best bits, yeah, my first best bit was seeing Anthony and Kate lying in bed, remembering the kiss, really hot. My second best bit was the next scene where we see the Bridgertons out promenading with, uh, and also um, the Sharmas are doing the same, aren't they? Um, mm-hmm. And I really love it, that scene where Anthony sees Kate. And I love how Bridget Benedict is standing behind Anthony, looking at Anthony's face, like he's putting Ooh. two and two together. And also the mum is looking at Anthony too. And I just, I like that eye contact between Anthony and um, Kate. And do you know what I, I really liked is that Lady Danbury is, has her hand on her hip, looking pissed, looking at Kate, who's looking at Anthony and the mum is looking at Edwina who's just like looking really sad oh my god poor Edwina it was I thought that was one of my best bits because I thought that scene showed us a lot I just thought it was cute I thought um just just before that scene though when they when they're in the house the family and they're about to go promenading mm -hmm. did you think it was a little bit unfair that um they were kind of ripping into Anthony about the wedding and they were teasing him and mocking him about it because I was like guys this is kind of a sensitive subject yeah why didn't I think it I I didn't pick up on that actually but you're right it is isn't it maybe it's because they see him as this bit of a tyrant 
And now this whole situation where, not that he's a failure, but in inverted commas, he, I guess it is a bit of a mess up, isn't it? They see mm. him as like, they want to maybe enjoy it a little bit because he's human. It maybe makes him seem more human. I don't know. Or is it's that just- there? It's just normally if someone gets jilted at the aisle, it's like, oh, my God, are you OK? This is awkward. Are you embarrassed? Um, mm. And I was just kind of like kind of surprised how the family were just like ripping into him. Is that why it was your best bet? Because you thought that was funny. <laughs> no, I just yeah, I just wanted to ask you about it, really. because I thought it was strange. Um, so I talk about that scene as well in my eye roll moments. Um because of something else that happens that I thought was really inappropriate but in terms of best bets now I didn't didn't do it for me didn't do it okay. for me um whilst they're promenading as well uh as you mentioned that um I thought it was a bit strange that um Lady Danbury is trying to say um let's find another scandal that will knock our scandal off the front page basically mm. and Kate says um something like no scandal will be as big as this or something like that and I I was kind of thinking Kate like you've really effed up here like this is kind of your fault Mm. maybe try and put a positive spin like maybe why are you reminding everybody how bad this is like if it was me I'd be like oh yeah yeah there's way worse things going on do you think maybe she's just feeling super bad or like what do you think Again, see, this didn't come up as a best bit for me. This for me was, again, like an eye roll moment. So, um, I mean, I can talk a but little bit more. whilst we're on it, we might as well. I just really want to know so what you were we... thinking whilst we're on it. You're I've... very strict with the sections. It's just I like focusing on all the best bits in order and then like the eye rolls and all okay, the Okay, well, then we'll be jumping around loads, but it's up to you. Yeah, it'll be chronological. If you want. Okay, be chronological, we're already but... on it, but okay, I'll stick to your rules. Whilst we're on it, I feel like I have to now. Um, To be honest, I do feel like Kate in that scene, she kind of acts like this child that resents being like told what to do without, I don't really feel her genuine, sincere sadness or remorse. I don't see her actually being like, okay, what can I do to fix the situation? I just sort of see her there being like, everyone's trying to help, like they're trying to pick up the pieces and she's just like, oh, good luck with that or good luck with this. Well, that's not going to work. And it happens later on in the episode. Mm. And I don't, it doesn't endear me to her. I don't believe her to be genuinely sorry. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Because why not, why not say, you know what, I'm just going to go back to India. Do you know what I mean? True. There were so many things that she could do. Do you know what I would have loved though? I would have loved it if, you know how we kept saying all this time that maybe Kate had her heart broken back in India um, because of the way that she talks about love and you didn't think she kissed like a virgin in episode six. Mm-hmm. I would have loved it in this episode if this love of hers found her in London and was like a love rival. Yeah, I mean, I understand why we thought this theory might be right and that would be quite cool. But I just feel like it's too late in the series now. Like, I feel like if that was her backstory, we would have heard something by now. I know and do you know what eight episodes isn't enough I don't feel Mm. like eight episodes is enough to develop the the storyline um in the way that we would like so okay so our the first best bit is the bit that we talked about when they're in bed what was your second best bit um I liked the bit where the queen um has um oh what's she called Eloise and her carriage 
Mm. And she's confronting her and she's saying, I know that you're Lady Whistledown. And what I really liked was uh, the Queen makes a throwaway comment, which I feel like should be a really big clue to Eloise as to who is really Lady Whistledown. And she says, uh, you, you yourself are rarely mentioned in the papers. And I was like, hello, big clue, Eloise. Mm. Like, why are you never mentioned in the papers? Because your best friend is Lady Whistledown. And I think it just goes straight over Eloise's head. And the Queen then goes on to say, people will seek revenge. And I was like, oh, this is good. Like, is she going to find out it's Penelope and then try and protect her from the Queen? Um, that's what I thought at that moment when I was watching the episode. But I think by the end of the episode, I was thinking, no, nah, I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it was a good a good scene. So what did you like about that scene? Like the... The, the... the drama. Yeah. And the way the Queen just sort of turned... Yeah, and the way the Queen's like, people will seek their revenge. Like, we never really thought about this. I thought mm. before, if if Penelope gets exposed as Lady Whistledown, um, people might not like her for it, and they might shun her. I never really thought people would take their revenge, and I just thought, hmm, that's an interesting idea. So I have a question about that later, That because this episode highlighted something else for me that I was like, oh, sugar. Mm. Um, so I want to ask you about that later. Um the scene that I liked um, goes back to the promenade and I thought that you might like this scene but I kind of liked it because basically it's the scene where um, Lady Featherington walks up to the Bridgertons when they're promenading and she basically is like oh I really do hope that you get over this misfortune and then she says I too know what it's like to suffer a broken engagement and I like it because I always felt like Lady Bridgerton in season one was a little bit mean mm. to Lady Featherington. And this was Lady Featherington kind of gloating, but also kind of humbling Lady Bridgerton yeah. because she is very much like we're the most respectful family. And I was like, I kind of like that Lady Featherington is saying, look, we're kind of not that different now because we've both got broken engagement. Yeah. And what I also like, two things. Did you notice that Colin looked at Penelope when the broken engagement was noticed? Like he was worried that it had hurt her feelings. Did you notice that? I noticed the look and I didn't really know why. So you think it's because Colin is worried that Penelope is hurt by it? I don't Interesting. No, Either he was doing it because he cares about her and doesn't like the idea of her. I think he was worried because it was a shameful event but also it involved him and he cares what she thinks of him I felt like he was checking in checking in with her to be like oh what's her reaction to that because he's very young to already have that on his file isn't he Mm -hmm. um and the other thing that I loved is when Penelope was like I'm so sorry like for what's happened and Lady Bridgerton looks at her with so much love that was sweet yeah I liked that Mm. um so after the promenade the promenading did you have any favorite bits after that um yeah I I quite like the um finally we're getting closer to Penelope being exposed so like I was saying earlier Penelope then has a conversation with Eloise because Eloise is freaking out that the queen is thinking she's Lady Whistledown And again, she's dropping all these clues. And I'm like, come on, finally, Eloise, like, get it. And Penelope says, you can use the next issue um, of 
of Lady Whistledown to prove your innocence. And I'm like, hello, this is really obvious now, Eloise. Listen to what Penelope's saying. Mm-hmm. Like, how does Penelope know that next issue is going to prove your innocence? I just feel like, oh, my God, Eloise. She's like, is she dumb? I don't get it. And why was it your best bet? Was it because it you you felt like it was getting more and more like escalating? Like you were like, oh. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like we're getting closer. I just, I think I, I'm ready for Lady Whistledown to be exposed. So I'm yeah. kind of liking that we're getting there. Yeah. That's funny because it didn't, I'm always a little bit bored of the Lady Whistledown story, to be honest. Nothing really about about it gets to my best bet. I'm not really that invested in the story anymore. But I think that's why I want it to be exposed now. So I'm I'm just like, I'm ready for it to be exposed. I'm ready to be out. I want Penelope to be exposed because yeah. I feel like I'm the same. Like this whole who's Lady Whistledown thing, it's kind of not a thing anymore. I want it to yeah. come out. Okay. One of my best scenes is they, um, so Lady Bridgerton and the Sharmas return from the promenade and they're having tea together. What did you think about this scene where they're trying to plan how to get out of this mess? Because I actually thought that was really cool um, because I felt like they're getting close together again, Lady Danbury and Lady Bridgerton. Yeah, there's a particular part of the scene that ended up in my eye roll section, though. Um, Yeah, I didn't really have that as a best bit, but um, I've got it more as my eye rolls, but I can tell you why later. One of, one of the reasons why it was my best fit is because the dog comes in. Um, what's the dog called? Kate's dog. Mm, I can't remember. Basically, he comes in and starts like, I have sex with Anthony's leg. And oh, I, like, I saw it as him trying to jump up for a stroke and you made it filthy. Oh, I didn't mean he to. Took but his I, innocence away. No, I didn't mean to. But I was laughing because I was remembering in episode three, was it? when um, Kate arrives at Anthony's house and he says, your opinion on me will be much changed as will his, referring to the dog. And she was like, I doubt it. He's a very good judge of character. And this dog barks at Anthony. Um, And then in this scene, this dog is like coming up for cuddles then, coming up for cuddles and like, oh, against Anthony's leg. And I was like, yeah, does that represent Kate? Like being all over Anthony, like a rash? Like, yeah, so maybe you're right. And he was humping his leg because yeah. that's what Kate wants to do to Anthony. She exactly. To that's exactly what I was thinking. So right, the dog represents nice. her. <laughs> nice. And her changed opinion of Anthony. They do say that dogs mimic their owners. So that that's very insightful <laughs> of you. <laughs> insightful and dirty um what about the scene when Anthony visits Benedict did that make it into one of your best bits I think I put it under uh, I can't remember now whether it was Iros I kind of thought it was a bit hypocritical of him how he was like judge judging the setup there he's like oh look at you there's naked people and drink and I was thinking Anthony in episode one you were with a different prostitute almost every night throwing money on the side drinking wine and now you're all judgy eyes at Benedict good point he's just jealous isn't he he's just jail but I thought he was acting like a dad the way he was trying to um Benedict was trying to get rid of the the smell of drugs or whatever and then Anthony like grabs him by the face and checking his eyeballs and he's like oh you're in the tea again and I just thought that was really cute that's what he was doing I didn't understand I thought I was like what's going on here I didn't realize that's what he was doing but that makes sense you didn't realize what who was doing 
I didn't realize when Anthony grabbed his face and mm. it was doing that with his face, I, I just didn't know what he was doing. And then he said, oh, you're on the tee again. I uh, didn't pick up on he was checking his eyeballs. That makes sense. Okay. But I think Benedict's words stick with him in the next, my next best bit scene. Um, Do you want to tell what that is whilst we're on it? I really like the scene where they go to the art museum and yeah. Anthony gets to talk to the, the Mama Sharma for the first time and basically reinforces that Kate is a female version of him. Um, what did you like about that scene? I loved the music. So when that scene opens at the art gallery, they play this really nice violin music. I don't know, if it, I don't know what song it's a cover of, but I thought it was really nice. Mm. Straight away, I was like, here we go. This is what I'm going to predict. It reminded me of the 2005 Pride and Prejudice where Elizabeth Bennet is walking around looking at these naked statues of men at Pemberley. Yeah. And like, I guess it's the first time she's seeing the male form naked. So in my head, I was like, right, this is what I'm predicting. Kate is going to find a statue of like a really hot naked guy. Maybe it's like one of those Roman ones where you can see the penis. Mm. And Auntie's going to come up behind her. And it's going to be like that scene from Ghost where they're both touching the pottery. But instead of pottery, it's like touching a big statue dick or something and oh. I thought it was going to have those erotic undertones and I was like oh my god predictable and it didn't happen it didn't happen so I was a oh. little bit disappointed I'm proud of you for admitting that something you thought was going to happen didn't happen because mm-hmm. you know I always say Bridgerton's predictable yeah you do you do do you know what's funny is that in the Roman times they believed that having a big dick was a sign of like being a bit of a savage so oh, I'm being stupid as well apparently really mm-hmm. so it's funny because if all these statues are of guys with tiny penises um if she sees Anthony he's in win-win because oh if he's God. got a tiny penis she's gonna be like, oh thank goodness he's a not a savage and b not stupid um although if he has a big penis that doesn't work well for him or maybe he's just trying to make his penis look way bigger because she's gonna look at all these tiny penises and think that's normal mm. and then when she's Anthony, she's gonna be like oh my god yeah, but she's going to think he's a stupid savage, so she's not going to want to have sex with but him. She might not know that whole backstory of the history. Like, she might just be basically comparing sizes. Yeah. I thought it was quite nice how they were talking either side of the statue. I don't know if yeah. it was a... I don't know what the statue was of. Was it of two people, like two lovers or something? Yeah, I like that too. I liked how he was sort of hiding on one side, and then when she denies the kiss he kind of goes side by side to her, which I yeah. liked. But it, it was all over too quick. Like I wanted them to continue and have yeah. a moment, but I feel like the conversation was quite short. Yeah, I agree. It was cut short. Mm. Um, I said that in that scene, I liked Anthony's little face. He does like a little smile thing uh, when they talk about the kiss. And then he says, are you quite serious when she denies mm. it? And then I thought he looked at her so lovingly as she walked away. And then he kind of looks and then jolts himself out of it. <gasps> Yeah. Oh, that. Yeah, I, I, I was a bit disappointed how that ended. I wanted there to be more. Agreed. Agreed. So, are you ready to move on from that scene, or was there anything else you wanted to add? I think that was everything. Thank you. Because I absolutely loved. So, um, it was really, really sweet. I thought it was really endearing. Uh, when obviously the Bridgertons are preparing for the ball, everything's ready, and then they all gather on the ballroom with the Sharmas, and they're like, oh no one else is coming and it's like lady Bridgerton's like oh stop the music and then Anthony's like no come on put the music on and then he calls up to Hyacinth and him and Hyacinth his little sister have this really sweet moment and then all the family get together and dance and he says something lovely like was not harmony the theme of the ball you wanted mother 
And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to cry. And I wish I was a Bridgerton and I could live with this family because it's lush. Yeah. And then they were just, it was just lovely seeing um, Anthony actually be nice to a sibling for once. Because yeah. I think we've been saying lately, he just isn't very nice to them. So that was so sweet. Yeah. And also I feel like Hyacinth is more of a character than Francisca who mm. I found out is actually being replaced by a different actress in a couple of ep- in next season. Yeah, I but saw that. But Hyacinth is a real sweetheart. And I just, I really love how he was like, Hyacinth, come down. Like, you're right. We never get him to see, we never get him, we never see him engaging with his little younger siblings because they're such a big age difference mm. maybe. But she was so happy. And I loved That's that. Really sweet. And I really, really loved it how um, Anthony and Kate ended up dancing together. And they looked so happy and they were smiling together. Oh my God, yeah. But then bloody Edwina looks over and looks like she's gonna bloody cry and I was like oh way to ruin the mood love I was really into this whole finally getting into it yeah and I noticed as well Edwina seems to be wearing pink and Kate seems to be wearing purple and do you think that's like foreshadowing that really Kate's pretty much like a Bridgerton so she's starting to wear their kind of colours Oh, right. Okay. But I, mm, interesting. I noticed she wears a lot of purple, but then I thought the Bridgetons were supposed to be blue, but their servants are purple. So I noticed their servants' uniform was purple. I see. I saw the Bridgetons as more of a lilac colour. I thought the whole point in series one was that they always wear blue. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Maybe it is blue. And I'm we just definitely colorblind. talked about this in series one. And yeah. It was blue. Oh, just on that scene that we're on. Oh, you know, when um, Edwina says to Kate, so, and so, oh, okay. Well, we, we find out why no one's at the party. So this is in my shocker scene. So I'm going to skip mm. that a second. But I liked it when Edwina says to Kate, at least I am kind hearted. I'm kind of oh. more kind of heart. Oh, you know what I mean? Than you. And I feel like for a moment that kind of gave Kate a bit of a reality check that she isn't, that she's a bit of a martyr. Like, I feel like she thinks that she's like, so selfless and stuff but hearing Edwina talk to her like that I think something snaps in her and she kind of almost thinks like budget I'm just going to do what I want yeah so I didn't understand where this came from like is it because she saw Kate dancing with Anthony I just felt like it came out of nowhere was she pissed off because she saw them together like having a nice time maybe I didn't like it doesn't she make another comment like a jibe and Kate says something to her like what do you want from me do you want me to apologize every day for the rest of your Mm -hmm. life or was that earlier she does and I got to the point where I'm like you know what I have apologized to you every single day for a week if you're still not over it then I'm just gonna shag him because well you are Kate get over I, it. I do think that's what Kate's thinking like in her head yeah. she's like I don't that's why I don't feel like Kate is really that sad because she's like I'm really sorry Bon I tried and I'm just thinking you kissed her fiance at the church where they're gonna get married how day. hard did you really try love yeah, but no, I mean. at the same, yeah, like, and also this is, uh, what I was saying was a joke, like, I bet this has only been a week, and she's like, sorry, and she's like, oh my god, you're still not over it. I mean, Kate was like, I just want your happiness. Um, it's weird, the whole situation's really messed up. Totally is. But also, Edwina knows that Kate's in love with him, so on the other hand, she could say, look, just be together, which I think is going to happen, I'm calling it as a prediction something's gonna have to happen though for Edwina to have a change of heart 
Like either she's going to fall in love with the prince or some other hot guy or... Yeah, that could happen. Great. What was your next best bit? It's got to be the garden scene. Mm-hmm. We finally um, got to it. Finally. And it feels like the first time in ages that they've actually had a proper conversation. Like the last time they had a conversation was the end of episode six, just before they kissed. So why do I love this scene? I love Anthony's big open announcements. He's so open and brave. He's so honest with her. Have you noticed that he's always the one wearing his heart on his sleeve and Mm. telling her all this lovely stuff. And I just, I really love that. Do you love that? Like how direct he is? I did, but at the same time, I wanted, I didn't like how Kate fell back into that defensive, angry, I was a bit like, oh, I'm a bit bored of this kind of her arguing with him. It felt very much like it was just control paste, um, like copy paste from other episodes. And I was like, I want her to be different. That felt a little bit boring. And I was like, maybe she, maybe he should be the angry one and she should. Do you know what I mean? I agree. I, I think it's a bit too much. It's too conflicting. It's too resistant. And I want that relationship to grow. I want her to grow. Um, he calls her obstinate and stubborn. And I was like, okay, that's going to get boring really quick yeah. when you marry each other. Or if you marry each other, I'm guessing they're going to marry. Mm. Um I really love this particular scene where they're talking and then he looks at her and takes a step back and he's like, he's like looking at her almost like from the side. He breathes out, bites, and then licks his lip. And then he like, he looks like he's really having to restrain himself. He says, please go inside. And that was oh, yeah. hot. You know what? I did like that because that was his way of being like, if you don't go inside now, I am going to try and hump you basically yeah and I liked how I felt that, that that was the logical part of it like it felt like he was like really you could see that internal conflict and I loved that um he uh, also yeah I sorry go on did you know did you like that yeah I just really want the slap thing like I don't know why I love it so much like I want him to like grab her and then her slap him and then them kiss. And I was just, I think that would have been a nice way to start this. That's in this so, that's so cheesy, Chris. That's so I 1990. Know. Yeah, but so much of Bridgerton is cheesy, I'll have you know. Yeah, but I'm sure you would agree with me. I agree. It's like mozzarella, cheddar cheese and better cheesy. But um, in, yeah. he pulls a Duke move. So what I found incredibly hot, way hotter than the whole forceful kiss slap thing that you're talking about. <laughs> Well, he puts his hand like up her dress exactly in the same way as the Duke dud did dud um did with um Daphne. Did you notice? Yeah, did I imagine this because of the whole horse noise thing again? I just want to make sure I didn't imagine this. When he put it, when he did that, didn't she make a funny squeal and then he stopped? Or did I imagine that? Ah. Oh. I thought she squealed and then he stopped and he was like, tell me to stop. And she was like, no. I didn't hear that, but I really okay. am going to have to find it now and listen to it. I heard him say, um, I will stop. I will stop. And she says, do not stop. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm officially turned on. Okay. <laughs> TMI? So I just want to say, Sorry, guys. the scene here is this beautiful wisteria, like um, loggia of some kind, um, in the middle of the grounds. Mm. The servants have blatantly been there to light the candles and drape blankets. And I was like, well... 
obviously they can't have sex here yeah because they're unmarried and it's secret so I was like okay so all we're gonna see here is like maybe maybe a foreplay like mm. Daphne and the Duke had yeah and then I'm watching it and I'm like oh okay and then all of a sudden her dress is coming off and I was like hang on a second he's removed her dress she's in her underwear I was like this cannot be going this where cannot it like gonna be going this cannot this is insane like, that's what I was right doing the grounds. I know and even in nowadays in nowadays this would be racy now am I right am I just being yeah. a prude I actually wrote shag outside question mark bullshit I was writing this as they were doing it I was like this cannot be happening this cannot be happening yeah and it's just it's so over the top like back then I just I feel like modern day values have seeped into the show like let's just go back to the beginning of season one where they were like if you are alone with a guy in a room you have to marry and he's like yes taking her clothes off and I was like what what happened to your honor mate what what do you know yeah do you know what it felt like it felt like they were taking things from season one Mm. and they were escalating so it reminded me so much of Daphne and the Duke in the gardens in the in the grounds uh, where there's people around at night and they start to make out in a part of the gardens that they're you know secretive and I was like this is exactly what these guys are going to do but oh no it's different because they're going to go all the way it just felt really bad because like she doesn't have a father or a brother in that in those days that's who it would have been to barge in on them in the way that Anthony did to protect Daphne's honor he's I feel like a big part of this is like oh you what's your plan Anthony you, yeah this is a lady you can't do that you could destroy her like I know I do it's on Kate as well I found it really hard to believe mm-hmm. that especially as a virgin me and my mm-hmm. colleague were talking about this today me and Andy we were like she's supposed to be a virgin um Yet she has this huge confidence to not only have sex with a man without being married, but also in the grounds of his family home where there's servants who might come back any moment to be like, can we just grab the candles and the blankets? Like, I we just thought it was a bit it didn't make sense it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense it's so it goes against all the values that both of them would have been brought up with you just wouldn't have done that like he's from a very well-bred family like you just would not have done that to a woman a lady like okay I would be tempted if we were in a bedroom somewhere it's, it's really hard to be tempted but outdoors in the grounds knowing that anyone could come along I don't know I just See, I think it's actually, I would be fine doing it in the garden. Like, I don't have a problem doing it outside. But I think it's just the fact that they would, there's no way in hell they would have done that. No. All of their family in the grounds. And also, it's like, oh, at what point do they look around and think, oh, someone's left candles and blankets here. Like, what if someone's just gone to grab the picnic basket? Yeah. And I noticed when he woke up the next day, I thought the blankets had gone. And I was like, oh, my God, did the servant come up when he was sleeping and just take everything or oh, what if hyacinth ran out and was like and let's have another dance oh and then she sees them humping each other yeah exactly or if colin's like oh brother let's do a little bit of fencing like we did a couple of episodes ago i want to oh mm-hmm. oh it just doesn't make sense it doesn't it's too out there for that time and why would kate do that I and agree. she could have got pregnant, although she might be ignorant yeah. and not realise that she could get pregnant. And well, I just don't think Anthony would do that to someone that he loved so much. It's quite no. selfish that thing. That a bit of like, yeah, a Sitiano move. But let's talk about the actual sex scene okay. and how good or not good it was. And let's rate it. And what do you think? Overall, looking at the sex scene, of which in Bridgerton there have been many, what do you reckon? I mean, okay, 
I liked this particular bit where she's on top and her hair is like loose and she's I mean, is it okay to go into this much detail yeah yeah and like th- their their faces are really close and I was like okay so she's on top and that's really nice that's really intimate I guess I would have wanted more it felt mm. too quick it was like it was like flash 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 and I kind of like in season one of Bridgerton we were more it felt like we were more involved in the sex scene like we could do you know what I mean it felt nicer but I really did love the flashbacks we later see that Kate has oh my god I actually had a mini heart attack when I saw the things he was doing to her I was like come on this is not real like now mind is blown I'm still not over it sorry you need There's to talk a particular now. scene that I raised eyebrows at that I was like oh okay that was intense and also <laughs> Shelley Lou wrote the same thing on our Facebook post and when mm. I was reading what she wrote I was like that's so weird because that's the exact same thing that went through my mind there's a particular scene and the camera angle I think it might have been the flashback I'm not sure in the actual moment where Anthony has his face right between her legs yeah and all you can see is his eyes making eye contact with her and you can't see the rest of his face because it's literally in between her legs and just the camera angle and everything you probably only see it for two seconds and I was a bit like Jesus Christ yeah yeah so is that the one where it looks like she's lying down and you can see his face in between her thighs because there's another flashback where it looks like she's standing up and he's doing it Oh, I did not see that. I think I don't know if I saw that properly. I need to rewind and rewatch it. And then again. he has his hands on her boobs. Um, and then she puts her hand on top of his hand, which I thought was pretty sweet. That was really cute. When I saw that scene of him going down on her, I was like, what? They do that a lot in Bridgerton. Like the Duke. What? Didn't he? The Duke did it quite often with Daph. But um, whoever oh wrote God. this script is just really into that. Oh, I would have wow. preferred, if I'm going to be honest, rather than that, I would have preferred just him going for it. I would have <laughs> liked to have seen that moment where he does it. I get you. Like, it goes in. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This got, this got very detailed. No, because I feel like they've been, like, really conflicting and really apart. And I just I really wanted to see that moment where, like, they connect and like they're together and actually working together how funny would it be if they were having sex and like the conflict that you think would help it's it's like it's really awkward they're going at the wrong <laughs> speed at the wrong time and they were like this isn't working it just it felt too much it felt like whoa what are you doing and it just didn't it feel right it, it felt it too, much. too much I don't know like really? I guess what I feel was too much was the fact that he thought it was okay to do that like yeah snog her and make out with her and do a bit of foreplay but actual sex I was like what the beep 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 yeah do you know what they should have done and we said this before Daphne turns up and she's Mm. walking in the garden and she sees this yeah and she challenges Kate to a duel because (laughs) technically it's just annoying how bloody hypocritical Anthony is but yeah and I just I don't like that and I just think as well like as a guy he knows she is at a disadvantage, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know. She, I mean, they didn't show him finishing. And I guess that's because we're supposed to infer that he took precautions so that she wouldn't get pregnant. What, with like... And also they did the whole pulling out thing with the Duke like 100 times throughout that whole oh, series. Okay. So they might be like, we just can't show that again because it's getting boring now. Or he gets out like this because they used to make like condoms out of like old sheep gut, didn't they? Mm. and they used to pass it down and can you just imagine like mood killer getting out like this really saggy oh gross 16th century sheep gut condom yeah um 
I um, also want to know if he satisfied her. I think I think he does satisfy I her. That she think, pretty happy. I think he does. She looked very, very happy. Rude question, but we're there. So it's happening. Do you think she sucked him off? <laughs> <laughs> no, because there was... Or would nothing... that be too far? Would that be too far, would it? There's no... Firstly... She's a virgin. This is her first time. So is I'd be it... impressed if she had the nonce to be like, I feel like they should work up to that. Like maybe year one of their marriage. He's like, hey, put this in your mouth. I feel year like one, these guys will be doing it after two weeks. Like, I think it's too new for her. This is her first time. She doesn't kiss like a virgin. And also, I, do, <laughs> I didn't see any evidence of her doing that in the flashback. So I think you've imagined that. Yeah. I like how it was all about pleasing her because it goes back to that line he said about do you know all the ways a woman can be seduced he's also touching her with his fingers did you notice that no you gotta what you gotta do right <laughs> don't blink and watch it in slow-mo if that's an option Netflix <laughs> make a slow-mo option okay so for me they were the best bits anything else from this episode that was your best bits I was going to move on to what happens straight afterwards because there's still a bit because mm-hmm. I've put something as my best bit that happens straight afterwards so oh so obviously he wakes up doesn't he under the wisteria and she's gone and I liked that because I was like yeah it's the man's turn to wake up and the woman's left normally it's the other way around where the woman's like oh where's he gone and he's just an empty pillow because really you know he's point. got better places to be so. that's a really good point so I don't feel like Kate fits into the typical role of the woman in the way that women are presented as like for example she seems more emotionally closed off like she she isn't as expressive as Anthony is whereas he's more expressive isn't it communicating mm-hmm. his feelings and I don't know like do you know what? I feel like there's a slight yeah. role reversal there and like you say she's off riding a horse or whatever and he's off trying to find her yeah I kind of like that yes. role reversal yeah a hundred percent so this is the other bit I've got as my best bit. So then what next happens is Anthony looks so cute when he turns up at the Sharma's house the next morning with the engagement ring mm. and he's all wet. His hair is wet. He's soaking wet from the rain and he just looks adorable. I don't know mm. what it is about men in the rain. I just cannot help myself. Like, what? do you remember that time? <laughs> do you remember that time the Duke and Anthony were in the rain? And I was like, oh, my God, for the whole scene, there was a tiny little raindrop on his ear. And you were like, what the (laughs) hell are you talking about? And I was like, it was so cute. Anyway, rainy, wet, hot Anthony comes into the house and he sat there with his legs wide open, impatiently waiting uh, for Kate. And the servant's like, she's not here. And he just looks like, what the hell? Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I did like that. That expression in his face that he pulls when they're like, the horses are gone. I thought he looked like a little bit like, oh, typical Kate. Yeah, but also kind of yeah. like he loved it. I thought that too. Like, he loved it, but at the same time, he wanted an eye roll. Like, oh, here we go. I'm knackered. Like, I'm all shagged like, out. I'm all shagged out. And it's My wet. glutes are knackered because of all the, like, the bum clenching <laughs> and the and thrusting. And now I have to get on a bloody horse in the soaking rain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. A lot of best bits. A lot of best bits. Oh, do you know? Okay, this is I. I found quite funny, which I put under best bits just because for the lulls. So he's chasing after her mm. uh, on his horse. She mm. is chasing away from him on her horse. It's raining. It's mm. drama, and he calls out and he says, "Miss Sharma." And I was like, "Hang on, not Kate." 
you were literally just shagged her brains out and you're still referring to her as the very formal Miss Sharma I was like I'm pretty sure you're on Kate and Anthony level kind of <laughs> names now yeah so you can go down on her but you can't use her first name exactly who Ms. goes Sharma. down on someone and then addresses them as Miss Sharma it's weird it's like it's almost like oh yeah it's weird actually you know what I thought I thought it was going to be weird but now I'm thinking it's really hot hmm uh no, I don't we think it. We think it. If someone called you by your surname, I felt like I just had a doctor's examination. If he finished doing that and he was like, "Okay, Miss Miss," oh, almost said my last name. Then it's supposed to be a secret. Um, <laughs> and then they used my last name. I'd be like, "This is like a doctor's examination. It feels weird." Yeah, unless you're into that. <laughs> yeah not not a fan okay. of that one okay um, I feel like one. that was my last best bit do you have anything else because that's pretty much the end of that was it. can I just say though I love her underwear that silk those silk knickerbockers or whatever they're called lovely but didn't they have some weird lacy bits on the end is that not historically I just, accurate mm, I wasn't loving it I don't know if it's historically I was just a bit like mm. Like, you're know. not into lace are you you're yeah. more into leather <laughs> <laughs> yeah. shall we move on to shockers then okay okay cool. go yeah go first okay so I'm not sure if this is a shocker or an eye roll it's in shockers so don't bite my head off if it's in the wrong section I try not to it's but- gonna be really hard so you were talking about that scene earlier where they were having tea, uh, the Sharmas and all the others, mm-hmm. and the dog runs in and starts trying to hump Anthony's leg when I thought See? he was just being friendly. Oh, okay. But we'll go with hump. And um, I feel bad oh my now. God, Anthony and Kate stand up and they're all awkward and then they stop and they like smell each other. And, mm. they were, and then Edwin is like, are you serious? And I've just popped they're acting like horny teenagers yeah like who are trying to hump each other and everyone else is trying to break them up and make them stand away and I yeah. didn't love that I was a bit like this is gross this is in front of your sister yeah who you just cheated on like gross yeah 100% and then when Edwina says well they always is obvious I was like Edwina actually no I don't think they were I think they are like horny teenagers who have now got absolutely nothing stopping them from smelling each other in public. When mm. was that a thing? Yeah, I don't like that. I, I mean, I never said I didn't like it. <laughs> if a guy oh. smelt me like that, I'd be okay with that. So question to listeners, is smelling hot? Because it could be, but it was weird. It was too much. It's like, yeah. oh, keep it in your pants. Edwina's right there. It's, it's gross to do that in front of your family. What smell each other? Like no, just that weird, like acting all. I just think they were just like horny little dogs trying to hump <laughs> each other. That's and true. I was like, this is not not in front of your sister and your mum and your yeah. other mum, like and your so. other mum. Yeah, it's so <laughs> true. It's so true. Let me see if I've got that under my. I didn't put that under my shockers actually. Okay, maybe it was under your eye roll. Maybe. Um. But, you know, straight after that, was there anything else about the, that scene that was shocking before I move on to the next scene? Because, no. you know, after that, 
brunch whatever they're doing Anthony walks out of the room because I suppose he's all like oh please like don't tell me how to behave because they're like you are too you just like two horny dogs like <laughs> you know and then Lady Diamond gets her stick and tries to <laughs> and he's like oh please and I was like Anthony love you're like literally a mess mate Do so you then think he had a semi yeah I wonder that I mean he didn't I think hide he... it like imagine if he got up and he had to grab the cushion and put it in front of him and like edge out of the room because he had a semi yeah exactly I mean is that why gentlemen had hats so that they could put it over yes. their semis yeah <laughs> semis right. plural that's why they were invented you know that sex yeah. scene where he's like please go inside I was like mm-hmm. semi <laughs> <laughs> does he have a yeah. semi and that's why he's like go inside us I'm gonna have to use it I think that'd be quite cute if in the next episode something happens and they're close together and he gets <laughs> he does get a semi and then he has somebody pick up a vase of flowers and put it in front of it. What like, like a glass vase? <laughs> <laughs> cute. It's cute I'm the word you it. would use to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite romantic. I don't know. Romantic. Um but when Anthony leaves a room and then Lady Bridgerton follows him. Um, and they're talking about the plan. He says, I'm quite sure this plan will work. I'm quite sure of it. I thought he sounded kind of resentful and angry that this plan was happening and he felt like he didn't have a choice. And then I yeah. thought it was shocking because I thought his tone was quite shocking the mm. way he talked to his mum. Like I on what this, hand, yeah. Did you? Did you agree? Mm. Yeah, I was a bit like, whoa, Anthony, you're being rude. Yeah, and also, yeah, mom. you fudged up. You do need to be manhandled by your mum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um you know what I mean he tries to reel it in he snaps at his mum and Mm. I noticed that um his mum's eyes like widen as if to say oh he's getting shitty Mm. and then he just pops on like a big smile or something to try and diffuse it but it's very much on the edge all the way through the conversation I'm just a bit like Jesus Christ Anthony like yeah even with his apology like I know I have failed you in more ways I was like your words are apologizing but your tone is being a bitch (laughs) Yeah. And that's confusing me. And I feel like, to, was your vibe that he doesn't he doesn't like that this plan is happening? It, he because he, he later says, doesn't he, with the sex scene, he's like, I want to run away with you. Mm. But do you feel like he yeah. hates the fact that they're just being treated like children? I don't know. He's such a tortured little soul. He's a bit of an emo, Anthony. Yeah, I feel like he likes he likes the pain. Mm. I don't know. He's just so angry, isn't he? He's just so angry. Yeah, that's what I thought in this conversation. I was like, oh my god, Anthony, there's so much anger and resentment and stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, I don't know. A lot of anger, a lot of resentment. I think that's why they have they end up having sex because they both feel angry and resentful that they feel like they've made all these choices and their family don't really like them that much. Mm. so they're brought together by like that that bond yeah and maybe they feel like they've only got each other in a weird way hmm. Hmm. that sounds healthy I have another shocker yeah you finish with that one mm. so Penelope decides that yes she does have to write something about Eloise in the Lady Whistledown article in order to throw suspicion away from Eloise and I just put wow pen you didn't want to go with a lesser storyline like yep. what she said was really bad like she could have said something like uh lady um the modiste was like just say something like she wore an ugly dress and it was trash or yeah. she could have said I don't know um I don't know anything like Eloise left her brother's wedding early there was so yeah. many okay so this is what was shocking right so when Eloise 
is trying to figure out what to do. Okay, it's kind of an eye roll moment, so I'll skip it a little bit. But basically, what I found shocking was Penelope's reaction to Eloise's plan of doing a fake Lady Whistledown letter. Mm. Now, Penelope panics as if it felt like maybe her baby. Like, oh, Eloise is taking my baby and she's going to she's going to pretend to be me and she's going to take this thing that I've built up and she's going to fake it just to get herself out of this mess and it was only when Eloise was going to do that that Penelope was like you know what I'm gonna have to write shit about her now (laughs) and I was like yeah because you feel threatened you don't want her to do to pretend to be you because I felt like it was a really selfish act of hers do you know what right. I mean I suppose maybe reputation name do you think yeah Penelope yeah thought that her reputation as Lady Whistledown was going to be threatened because Eloise yeah. would write something really stupid or or lose of spelling mistakes like if yeah. I wrote something it'd be a mess yeah so I was like hang yeah. on so Penelope before when she was doing when she was sat down and she was trying to think of something to write she just couldn't do it she just couldn't mm, she couldn't you. do it because she loves Eloise so much she just couldn't do that to Eloise but as soon as Eloise threatens the reputation she threatens to derail this name because mm. even Eloise is like I don't give a shit about Lady Whistledown like I don't care you anymore think it was for quite selfish reasons yeah though, I was like Julie. well yeah because it is after that Penelope was like well I'm gonna have to write this thing about Eloise now because I've got to beat her to it like I've got to I really didn't like that about her. I just feel like she went too far, like saying that Eloise is going to this part of town and getting involved with radical thinkers and ideas. I don't know if she mentions her meeting Theo, does she? Wow. she just talks about the radical thinking. I don't know because Theo later says, because Eloise, which I found quite shocking, so Eloise goes to visit Theo to warn him. And I found Mm -hmm. that conversation a little bit shocking because she really seems to like him. I think you were right in the last episode when you were like, she's got a thing for him. She And then he was a bit like a bit harsh, wasn't he? Like he gave her a reality check. I felt that Eloise was coming across as super, super needy with him and I didn't yeah. like it. it. It was awkward. Like he said something like, what are you doing here? Are you here for more books? And she said, not even just a little excited to see me, quite like in a questionable mm. way. And I was like, oh, come on, Eloise. Like, I don't love this lovesick, needy, Mm. Eloise like that's she they've changing her character and I don't want her to be like that I liked how she was before like this tomboy who wasn't interested in men yeah Um, please don't take that away you're right and also I feel like Theo is kind of right like he doesn't have anyone to protect him this does feel like a game to Eloise sneaking out to see him at her brother's wedding and and you're right there's that neediness and she doesn't really get how serious this is. Like people went and visited him, so they must have tracked him down. Yeah, and and I like it when he gives her a bit of reality check. He was mm. like, "You're a Bridgerton. You have never had to deal with a difficult moment in your life. Mm. You've not dealt with the real world." Which I guess again, it happens in a lot of costume dramas when they're from different backgrounds. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go Theo. Like she's playing. She yeah. is a player. She lives in a big house. She has everything she dreams of, but she likes to read naughty books and then go and talk about naughty books. And it's like, this is the real world, Eloise. Yeah, and I'm getting a bit impatient with her. There were a couple of eye-rolling moments and I was like, you know what? I wonder if actually they are indulging her a little too much. You know what? Get her out in the real world. Get her to live with a poor family and sell her body on the street <laughs> to realise <laughs> what life is really like. Because I feel like she's like like spouting these ideals but she doesn't know what real life is like and that pisses me off 
yeah like she doesn't yeah you're right she she lives in an upper class uh capitalist world yeah um if she wants to live her life by these radical ideas she should shun all that yeah and go and work in the print shop and, and live above in a little room with like the rats and stuff so yeah can't see her doing that anytime soon it's like she's not even happy in what's considered to be a really upper class lifestyle and it, I don't know I don't know. I think we've probably hated an Eloise now yeah. for enough for enough. We time. we love her normally. I don't know why we're hating on her at this time. <laughs> for all the reasons we've said, probably. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, do you have any more shockers? Because I've done all my shockers. I'm done with the shockers. I've only got like a couple of eye rolls though. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go for an eye roll? Yeah. So my eye roll was the three sharmas bathing together. And I said that on the surface, this felt like a slight waste of time. This is time that could have been spent watching Anthony and Kate have sex. (laughs) But I think it was because it was to contrast the opening of this season to the opening of episode six was in episode six they're like playing with each other covering each other with turmeric paste oh no you put paste on your face no you put paste on your face no you take these bracelets no you take these bracelets and in this episode it's like total silence separate baths so maybe before they used to share just the one <laughs> just the, the bath with the rubber like, ducky yeah like the wheels on the bus came around and then and then I also think so they were trying to highlight how the relationship has changed and also to highlight the mum's complete uselessness. <laughs> You're so harsh. I know. But then, and then I was like, wait, I'm wrong. She's suggesting some lady soap for the nerves. Um, and then I Googled it to see oh, if thank actually... thank God you Googled this because I really wanted to Google it because I was like, bullshit, I've never heard of this before. Yeah, I was like, no, love, get the lavender out. Exactly. But there's nothing soap. quite... And this lavender's not a sexy smell. It's a smell that I associate oh. with grandma putting on my pillow before I go to bed. <laughs> grandma smell. Yeah. Like, can you imagine Anthony getting aroused by lavender? <laughs> mm. Good point. Um, so I Googled it, and you know what? She's right. Apparently, Lily oh. is go- good for the nerves. Get this Amazing. right. It represents innocence. She ain't so innocent. Purity. Don't kiss like a virgin. And beauty. She's beautiful. Um, and I apparently understand. it's supposed to be good at helping you find peace. So when you think of lilies, what situation do you think of? Funerals. Yes. And I was like, OMG. So lilies represent peace. And I was like, okay. How, sorry. How does funerals represent peace? Like rest in peace, like be at peace. And like people are anxious and they're not in peace because they're sad. Really? I, just bother I think that you? was a bit of a stretch. Damn, I was really impressed by myself. I thought I connected dots, but I didn't. I just sort of grabbing at straws. That's yeah, a shame. I was I actually put your camera on. I actually like minimized my document to see your face to see how like impressed you'd be, but you just looked and really it was just sheer disappointment. It was disappointment. Um and boredom. I got boredom as well, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so that was my first eye roll. And my second eye roll was Edwina's constant jabs in the art gallery. She says, has everything you told me been a lie? And I really wanted Kate to turn around and be like, I used to be a guy. Do you know what I mean? Like, just say something. Like, tell him another secret. Get over it. I think that would have been a really cool twist if actually Kate was born a guy. (laughs) Not sure. Why? Just different, isn't it? (laughs) I'm really glad you're not writing the script on Bridgerton. 
Oh, um, okay. this is the. Can I move on? Mm. Oh, great, cool. This is the first time I have actually eye rolled whilst writing down an eye roll in the eye roll section. So this is oh. like I feel like a triple whammy eye roll. Oh, real life eye roll. Nice. I could not give less of a shit about the Penelope and Colin romance. I think I've made that quite clear. I have zero interest. It's mm-hmm. boring and predictable. Mm-hmm. And when Colin visits uh, the Featherington house to speak to Cousin Jack, and as he's leaving, he says to Penelope, would you care to walk me out? I just automatically did a massive eye roll. Mm. And I just thought, I'm, you're wasting screen time, guys. Just give me sex <laughs> just, time. Yeah. I, zero interest. I'm sorry, it's just really predictable and it's boring. And then all this news has come out yesterday, like, oh, my God, season three, we're going to see Colin and Penelope's relationship. And I'm just like, yeah. Have we already interest. seen it? Yeah. It's really, yeah, nothing. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Unless, prediction of that, he finds out that she's Lady Whistledown. She gets those death threats, gets abducted, and he has to be like bodyguard, bodyguard her. Okay, now that would work for me. Because he has, yes. Oh, my God. Netflix, you're going to steal my ideas. Do you know what? I really hope that happens. Can I just also add, Mm. um, Colin thinks Penelope is a dog because... He describes her oh, as yeah. constant and loyal. And I've just put arrow, a dog, question mark. Something else <laughs> that bothers me, which is also true of a dog. <laughs> Colin is, is always confiding in Penelope. Help me, boo-hoo, I've got issues with romantic, I'm bored on my travels. Wow, wow. It's a very one-sided relationship. Penelope never opens up to Colin and says, you know what, Colin? I've had a really shit day. I was crying my eyes out in the toilet. I feel like Eloise is growing apart. I hate wearing yellow dresses. My mum's an a-hole. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's such a one-sided relationship. She is the dog in this yeah. relationship. Yeah, it's, it's very... And this is what I mentioned in the last episode. I feel like they're not equals. He knows nothing about her. She is mm. like a little dog. She's like... She's like yapping at his heels like there whenever he wants her. And then for the crumbs. Yeah. And like when he's busy and she wants to go on walkies, he's busy. Like, do you know what I mean? It's bone. always on his turn. Yeah. Who's got the bone? She wants the bone. Colin's <laughs> bone. <laughs> Chris, too far. Too far. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I agree. And they're not the words. To be honest, though, when he was saying it, I was like, oh, this is nice. But she is about to disprove him by being in loyal or unloyal and inconstant disloyal English is hard <laughs> disloyal and I don't know what the inconsistent 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 deconsistent no mm. wow um so yeah, yeah so- I just it just reminded me the way he was describing her it's very yeah it's a very one-sided relationship it is one and now and I'm I- like what does she see in Colin I just think she thinks he looks cute and she always has. And I just don't think that's enough of a foundation for a relationship. I think she likes him. I think she thinks he's a good person. But yeah, they need more bants. Like they need, they need more substance. They need substance. Or maybe yeah. she's in the bath by herself, mm. not with like three other relatives. And he's looking for the bathroom. Yeah. And he opens the door and it's Penelope in the bath, naked. Yeah. She's got soap in her eye. And she's like, ah, it hurts. So he approaches because she's crying. He wants to make sure she's okay. And then he goes to hand her a towel. He falls on the soap 
I can get us in the bath, Pam. <laughs> okay. You're welcome, Netflix. That was for free. This was going. No, but, but hot. Okay. Are you mm. fighting it? I think it would hurt. Or, I mean, I guess it's a little bit predictable, the idea. I mean, we could do a whole podcast on our predictions, but maybe we'll, we'll save that for another time. But okay. we need to go through some trope ideas. Sorry, I got a little bit distracted there by the bath and the bubbles and naked people. Do you have any cringe moments at all? Um, no, I, I do feel like I don't like overacting and that makes me cringe. And there's mm. been a few things in this last series where I feel like Kate and Anthony have overacted looks. And we talked about this a couple of episodes ago, but um, I've just put they overacting the looks and the whole smelling thing is so overacted and it just seems so natural to me like people don't do that in real life people don't go up to somebody and five inches from their face close their eyes and just breathe in and smell them I'm just like to me it just it doesn't work for me it's not doing it for me I liked it the part of me that believes that all this is that there are people out there who have this relationship if you're there can you just let me know if you exist but I love it. I can't help it. But you're right. I feel like overnight, Anthony has turned into a vampire. The amount of times that he's chucking, checking out her jugular, I was yeah. like, is he, has he been like reading like Regency Twilight? And now he's like obsessed and thinks he's Edward. Like the way he's yeah. like smelling her scent and like checking their throat out. I was like, oh, mate. It's weird. And I think we should do a poll on Facebook, okay? Yeah. Have you ever liked someone so much that you stop a few inches from them and smell them? Let's do that as a poll. Have you I'm, ever I'm say smell no. a person up close that you like? I'm going to say it's a no. Although sometimes when I'm walking down the street and I get like a really nice whiff of perfume, I do like like twist my head around I, a little bit. Yeah, I like it. And sometimes I've I've a guys walked past and I'm like, oh, nice aftershave. But I've never like creepily gone up to them and closed my eyes and started sniffing the back of their neck. Like, or they walk past you and you're like, no, like, as if they're like a plate of pudding no, or something never done that I want to know if anyone has it's weird though because we smell pudding all the time and food so why is it okay with food and not with people mm. I guess people have feelings yeah food doesn't care if you get your and nose really close to it yeah. it's creepy and this whole thing with the lilies so I wanted to ask you about this um you know a couple of episodes ago when Daphne and her mum are trying to create the, a nice setting for this party um, and Daphne said, like, oh, I swear she says, oh, you should add lilies because they represent <gasps> passion. Really? Yeah, I swear she said that and her mum was like, oh, I've taught you well. Um, oh, and then okay. I swear as well, aren't there lilies associated with where the dad is buried? So he's got like this emotional link with lilies. Oh my God. I want you to be right because it sounds really smart that you've noticed that. Can you talk about something that made you cringe whilst I Google it? Um, I'm all out of cringe. I think I've done them all. Oh man, I do Um, everything around here. We did do a little bit of a post about Cousin Jack and (gasps) Lady Featherington getting together and I'm shipping them. Wait, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but I'm we're doing a little segment on people's reactions in a moment. And also, I totally was wrong. It wasn't the lilies, it was tulips. Okay. I am a source of uh, misinformation. I just wanted to say there were quite a few things in my best bits about Cousin Jack and uh, Lady Featherington, but I feel like it's not a popular opinion to, for them to get together. 
Oh, well, I'm still shipping them. Hang on. So we, I want us to come to that in a moment because we had quite a few interesting replies. But are you saying that there were some best bits from episode seven? Um, I'd, yeah, I'm not going to go into them because they weren't super best bits. I'm just saying that I like I like them together. So um, did you want to go through the feedback we had from uh, our listeners? I've got some questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I just I was looking to see if I had any cringe moments at all that I wanted to add, but we've already covered them all. Um, yeah, let's go through the feedback first and then maybe we can look at the questions I've got. Is that OK? Mm-hmm. okay oh, I've got some quotes I wanted to share with you too okay social media cousin Jack you did a poll to say um is there a romance happening between cousin Jack and lady F RJ is not a fan she just was like no so fair enough um and you did your poll 17% of people said yes they do think that a romance is going to blossom 82% of people said no, no. quick question yeah it gets worse did you vote on that? I might have done. Yeah, so I did too, which means that actually it's probably more Zero. like 0% of people think it's happening. Okay, I just want to end this bit on, there's a quote that they said in this episode, which I loved. Yeah. And he says mm-hmm. to Lady Featherington, you tell I love place. it when you call it our business. I love it. I love it when you call it our business. If you take out the when and the it he says I love you <laughs> exactly and business I love you and the business is his nickname for her so you oh, guys are wrong no it's, it's wrong. good it's good to put us in our place because we do get carried away and we get these ideas in our head I can't let it go you've sold me on this idea and I can't help but see something happening good okay we also did another post about the kiss was it meh lots of people agreed it was a bit meh Shelley Lou was one of them. Um, RJ, RJ was kind of saying as well, like kissing in the in the church of all the places would have been better off doing it in the cupboard. And I agree. I don't think you said that, RJ, but I agree that I think the church was weird. And that it also feels like a bit of a middle finger to Edwina now. Like, and let's God. kiss. And God, let's kiss where you were going to marry the guy that I'm now kissing. Oh, it's so messed up. I think they should have done it in the cupboard. I really wanted. Yeah, and you weren't the cupboard. only one. There were a couple of people who wanted cupboard kissing. So, yeah. And then the other one that we did today was asking about the sex scene. Like, if people felt it was inappropriate, if it was appropriate. Can I read out some of the comments that we've had so far? Because I was kind mm-hmm. of surprised. So, a lot of people were saying that it wasn't as good as the first season that overall the chemistry and the relationship between Anthony and Kate didn't feel very powerful and a couple of people said it was flat okay so Jennifer and this is on the Netflix Bridgerton fans um so I don't know if Jennifer listens but Jennifer um she was saying that she felt they 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 focused too much on the tension between the sisters and not enough on Kate and Anthony's love and I agree Mm, yeah Um, I can see that Mindy didn't think that the sex was like it wasn't simmering passionate that the sexual chemistry wasn't there thank you I this is what I said but then Jamie said that he found it to be more intense and satisfactory Um, and and then Melissa there's a real divide there's such a divide I just want to see if there was any sex stuff in here 
No, no one's being. A lot of people are saying that they can't stop watching season two, you know. So now, Shirley, I really want to see if anyone wants to make a comment about the sex. Oh, Margie says that they were boring as a couple. No spark. Chris, this is your crowd. Yes, thank you. <gasps> Rishanta said that she felt nothing and thought it was drawn out. These are your people, Chris. <gasps> oh, and yep. Rose said that she thought it was cringy. The awkward tension between them was weird throughout the thank season. You. And then all of a sudden it happened out in the open. And I was wondering if anyone would catch them. Rose, that's, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yep. So. Oh. We should get some feedback from our page on the sex scene and talk about it in the next episode. Episode right, eight, I, I reckon. Got a bit carried away. But yeah. can I just say that Chanel didn't think there was enough, and then Monifa thought it was respectfully done, but needed needed to see more. Oh wow, it's it's we're torn. This, I'm just going to say, we all love a good sex scene. I think yeah. people that watch Bridgerton love a good bodice ripper. Yeah. For some reason, they decided not to do as many sex scenes in series two, maybe because they thought that they've already got their audience don't need to do that anymore yeah. but I am a bit disappointed there was only one sex scene I, I've been told there's only one sex scene <gasps> in the whole series no but so, oh see, that's too much foreplay you can have too much foreplay and I feel like there was a lot of screen foreplay in this series because really they've yeah. only kissed in episode six disappointing kiss episode seven felt really rushed oh you've Let's really see what disappointed happens. me Let's see. Because um, they'll have to get married, surely, and then they'll have to have wedding sex. Well, maybe Kate will die. You know, I just want there to be a shocking ending. There's like, not going to be. It's Bridgerton. <gasps> oh, you little bitch. <laughs> okay, I've got some questions for you and for the listeners. Um, so please help me. Um, okay, so basically... What, I'm worried now, the way that Queen talks about Lady Whistledown, I'm generally concerned that whoever, like, when they find out who Lady Whistledown is, like, could she, she, could she be punished? Because it's like crimes against the crown. Like, could she go to jail? I wondered this because at one point the Queen says um, something about her punishment. And I thought, well, this isn't bloody 16th century, 17th century. Like, there's a parliament, there's there's laws. I, I don't think the Queen... I think it's more punishment in terms of she will shun them from society. They will be banned from court. I guess she, her, she can she can met out a, like a society punishment, can't she? Okay. She can't do anything more. She's not going to hang drawn and quarter her or something or behead her in the Tower of London. Oh, bloody hell. That's like proper Braveheart, isn't it? <laughs> can you imagine if they went down a Braveheart route and they're like... They do that to poor Jesus Penelope. Christ, it's Eloise tied to four horses and all her limbs get ripped oh out. Oh my God, that's so dark, Jesus. but not predictable. So Bridgerton, take note. Yeah. Um, I asked a question about, you know, when the Sharmas are having a bath and the mum says to Kate, oh, you should use like lily soap. Um, <laughs> I was going to make a joke then, but it was really rude. Um, <laughs> so, um, do you think that was like her mum of like her mum's way of being like, I've got your back too? Because you said in the season episode six that you felt bad for Kate because her mum was like, just get out of here. Do you think like her mum felt bad afterwards and was like, have some soap, sort your life yeah, out? Yeah, but like, yeah, I, I liked it. I thought it was um, for once Mary was being. Uh, what's the word insightful she could notice that Kate was stressed but maybe a nice conversation would have been better than saying have some soap or maybe she should have said Kate why don't you have a little bit of alone time with the soap 
winky yeah. face and left the room and then Kate yeah. could have been thinking about Anthony while she was having some soapy soap time yeah maybe that would have been quite nice or maybe she really smells and her mum was like use the soap <laughs> <laughs> please Kate please you'll thank me later wink wink yeah um when the Bridgertons, so you know, at the start of the um, episode, and Anthony walks into the Bridgerton lounge, and they're all kind of ripping into him about, you know, oh, what happened, mate? Like you got mm-hmm. jilted, and then the mum's like, "Let's go for a promenade," um, and Anthony makes a comment like, "Oh, respectable families are headed by respectable gentlemen." Benedict says to him, like he covers his mouth, he's like. Is, he says something like, um, is there something that we should know or rather something more than I should know? And I'm just wondering, has he picked out what's happened from somewhere? Was he eavesdropping when Daphne and Anthony were talking before the wedding in the previous episode? Like, does he know what's going on? I think he does. He has figured it out because like you said, and there's another scene where Benedict is watching the look between Kate and Anthony. You yeah, yeah. I think was... Benedict has just figured out that he's clearly loving the other sister and he just wants he just wants to find out if that's true. Yeah, I think so. Um, do you think that Eloise is a bit selfish when the family, like the mum is like, let's all promenade together? And Eloise is like, I can't, I've got to get some gloves. Because I thought Anthony looked disappointed. Oh, really? I didn't see Anthony looking that way. I thought it was really mm. bad of her to do that because they're supposed to be like rallying together. Well, she left her brother's bloody wedding. Yeah. I, I'm really not loving Eloise right now. That's so rude. Yeah. You don't do that. Yeah, I agree. So the tide is turning a tiny weeny bit against Eloise, just putting it out there. We still love her, but it is turning. He's just annoying um, us a little bit. Yeah. Question for you. So if we go back to um, after they've promenaded or promenaded um, and we talk about how Anthony walks out of the room and Mama Bridgerton talks to him on the stairs and says, like, is this plan going to be a problem for you? I only ask because the last time you were alone with Miss Sharma, like something happened. And what is she referring to? Um, the last time you were alone with Miss Sharma. Or I know that she was like, are you going to be able to do this plan? Or oh, it's just because they know that they like each other. Everyone knows that Kate and Anthony have a thing, no? No, but she says, um, is this going to be a problem for you? Because we know what happened last time you were alone with Miss Sharma. And I was like, well, what? Well, everyone saw it at the wedding. Is she not referring to the fact that they very publicly in front of everyone were like touching each other up over the bracelets at the altar and everyone no. saw Edwina watch and leave. I thought they were just referring to that. No, I don't think it was publicly that obvious, else everyone would know about it. Right now, people are speculating as to what could it have been. So oh, I don't think right. it was that obvious. So she was like, we know what happened last time you were alone with Sharma. <laughs> oh my God. I, feel I love like... how you keep repeating that. This is a flashback <laughs> of why is she leaving to India? I'm literally getting flashbacks right me. now. RJ <laughs> or Shelly Lou, help me out here. Um, I'm just going to say I don't know. No, <laughs> I need closure. Basically, I think, I think that Daphne told um, Lady Bridgerton that she walked in on Anthony <laughs> about to kiss Kate after that whole India conversation. I think that's what she told the mum. Okay, I need someone else say, on this podcast. Right. 
it's okay. I need I'm going to put it out closure. there. I need closure. Okay. So I was just wondering what she was referring to. Um, okay. You know when Penelope is like, hmm, I don't know what to do about this dilemma. You know, Eloise is being accused of being uh, Lady Whistledown. And so she goes to speak to the Modiste, which is really cool. And Penelope, and then the Modiste is like, have you considered turning yourself in? And Penelope says, I would if she would believe me. What did you think about Penelope's excuse? Shitty excuse there. (laughs) I actually don't remember her saying that. Um, But if she did say that, (laughs) um, then yeah, she's just being a pussy. Yeah, it was like, it's like, you know, when you Why offer, it's like, you know, when you go, you go into the shop and you say to someone, oh, do you want anything? You're not really offering, like, you know, they'll say no to be polite, but you're offering, it's like a fake offer. Yeah. I felt like this is a fake offer. I was like, she's like, oh, I would if I could, if only she believed me, but I've got not enough evidence. I was like, oh, I'm sure yeah. I find evidence. How about all of the manuscripts that you've written, <laughs> your quills and the guy that you see dressed up in a cloak? Like, that's not, I was like, you say quills but like everyone's got a quill (laughs) and this reminds me of the scene where Penelope snaps the quill in half and I was like love you still need a quill it's the regency period you've got to write letters she's literally just pissing away her money yeah I think it was supposed to be like symbolic of her no longer being Lady Whistledown like she's (gasps) not going to continue oh my god are you serious well why else would you ceremonially snap the quill in half and throw it in the fire and watch it burn I don't know. I, that actually didn't even occur to me. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was something you do, like, oh, the quill was broken, snap and burn. <laughs> no, because I have a quill, and all you do is you use them, and then you just recut them with a knife. Like, you wouldn't throw it away. You, you recut your own quill as you go along. They last for quite a while. It's like a weapon. It's like she's throwing away the weapon like you do at the scene of a crime. Yeah, yeah. so that, that to me was sim- symbolising her, I am no longer Lady Worcester, I'm done. Because she just had to do that awful thing about Eloise. So do you think she's going to quit then? Yeah, 100%. Oh my God, I totally missed this. Oh, interesting. I Should we put it was that like as a poll? Obvious. I know, now I feel proper dum-dum. Now I know how you feel when I come out with really profound stuff. So is Whistledown dead? Dramatic. We've got to remember, Nat, that a lot of our listeners have already watched to the <laughs> end of the season and we're really behind. So when we okay. were like, oh my God, is this going to happen? Everyone's like, yeah, guys, that happened a month ago. And also, no, guys, that does never, ever, will ever happen. Mm. Um, okay, well, I totally missed that. Thank you. That was interesting. Um, I said here, did you notice that Anthony's become a big sniffer? Um, we've covered that. So... You know when Cousin Jack goes to visit Will? Uh, Like, Will, who I feel like we've had, like, no real contact with, which is a shame. Um, He doesn't look happy to see Jack. He looks really miserable. He wasn't very friendly. And I felt like Jack had to kind of force a bit of conversation and Mm -hmm. ends up blackmailing him. Why is Will so sad? Is it because his business is going to, like, isn't very popular? It took me ages to be like, what the hell is Will's deal? Why Mm. is he so rude to cousin Jack for no reason because he was like this a couple of episodes ago and then I remembered the cousin's um cousin Jack's cousin Lord Featherington really screwed Will over because he basically got him to do that illegal gambling thing where he lost the fight and I think Will is very scared that cousin Jack knows about this and that's why he's being really standoffish with him and he's right because then cousin Jack then says my cousin kept very good receipts 
uh, I know that basically you popped down a you committed something you know you committed a crime you did this whole boxing thing and so yeah Will was right to be on edge and worried about that and now he's blackmailing him and he's saying you know I'll keep my mouth shut if you keep your mouth shut about the fact that I'm gonna swindle everyone with the mind so oh so does will know ages to get this so will knows that he's going to swindle everyone with the minds well why would I he think know so. i don't know he seemed to just be able to tell i i think he was just wary of him and now they're gonna have to he's gonna have to keep his mouth shut and do whatever cousin jack wants in a way whatever if we <laughs> <laughs> um I thought it was because Cousin Jack, the first time he met Will, I think it was at the Let's Go to the Races episode, rather than greet Will as a gentleman, he was like, oh, I've heard about you. You were like a, a street fighter in the streets of London. And Will's like, doesn't want to be reminded of his past. And then, so that's why I thought Will didn't like him. But mm, maybe your explanation right makes sense. Um, why, you know, that scene where... Danbury, Sharmas and the Bridgertons, they have a ball, they arrive and no one's there and they think it's because of the whole Anthony wedding situation. Mm -hmm. And then they read that Lady Whistledown article and it becomes apparent that Eloise has been um, revealed to be doing whatever she's doing. Why does Anthony just walk away? Because he's pissed off. Do you think he feels like he's having to look after the family's name all on his own and he feels like no one else in the family is behaving themselves or helping him? Maybe he's just a bit frustrated. I don't think he came across as really angry because isn't it the next scene where he sees Kate in the wisteria patch? Yeah, and that's why he was like, my family is on the brink of ruin. I'm pretty sure they don't like me and all I can think about is you. Maybe that's why he just wanted some space alone. Yeah. And they just so happen to go to the exact same spot. Mm. Um, talking about that spot in the garden, when they are talking to each other and he approaches her and he goes, that smell, sniff, 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 sniff. Mm-hmm. And then they talk and talk and talk. He says, you stop, you have to stop. And then she talks about spinning the world on her axis. She's like, you've got to stop. What is he referring to when he tells her that she's got to stop? <laughs> to stop, <laughs> just... <laughs> I don't know. Out of out of this much context and that much detail, I just really don't know anymore. <laughs> you can't, but isn't that really clear? Um, I well, don't he was I like... enough of the conversation there. Oh. <laughs> Very okay, detailed. let me try again. Oh, dear God. I only okay. remember him saying to her that she must stop. <laughs> I she see what I'm doing. She must stop being so argumentative because when she start kicking off again, he's like, stop that defensiveness that pushing him away but does that turn him on is that why he's saying you've got to stop no he's like you've got to stop and stop pushing me away and you've got to deal with the fact that we're meant to be together oh I did not get that at all and then she says no she was like you're the one who must stop you're the one who puts the world on my axis blah 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 you must stop I know what I'm doing wrong I'm not remembering (laughs) enough (laughs) yeah um and then I'm getting frustrated that you don't know what I'm thinking I what the bit I liked there of that conversation was mm. when he says something like, you're right, like he says, you must stop. Mm. And she said, you forget that you must stop telling me what to do, my Lord. So she reminds him that she doesn't take his shit, basically, and that he can't boss her around. Yeah. And I liked that. I don't know I why. I like him. I don't know why he loves 
she do, that she doesn't do as he says. He's always like like Sienna was very much like quite strong willed and different. Mm. He likes that. That's why it would never have worked with him and Edwina. Yeah, he would have gotten bored. Um, okay, I've got three quotes that oh, you stole one of my quotes. One of the quotes I liked was, "I love it when you call it our business." Stolen. Nice. Um, when Lady Danbury is showing, she's shown heading the Sharma family into the garden. My language skills are really shocking. My writing is really bad. Oh, okay. So Edwina and Lady, um, Edwina and what's she called? Lady Danbury are walking arm in arm. They're just starting their promenade, promenading at the start of this episode. And Lady Danbury says, we're heading straight into the fire, a favourite pastime of mine. Actual goosebumps. Oh, I like that. I don't remember that, but I love it. Heading That's straight really into the fire, quote. a favourite pastime of mine. I actually kind of, I don't know, I really love this woman. I love her. Yeah, that was such an inspirational quote, actually. Yes, I love I it. I want that on a mug. I want that on my face. <laughs> on your forehead. <laughs> yeah, although I won't be able to see it, but everyone else will. Um, and then I learned a new word. Do you know what rapacious means? I've heard of it, but I have no idea what it means. Rapacious. It means, because Lady, just because I know you like your context, um, Lady Danbury says something like, um, we, there'll be something new for them to sink their rapacious teeth into. So she's talking about them finding some new gossip. Rapacious mm-hmm. means grasping, greedy or aggressive. Nice. Thanks, Lady D. Learning, learning stuff. And the last quote that I loved, Benedict at his party, and um, he's talking to Anthony. And he says to Benedict, what I've learned from my art is that most things are a question of perspective. Everything is a matter of perspective. If I don't like what I see, I don't toss, I simply change the colour palette. I don't toss the whole piece of art away. And I like that too. Interesting. I didn't like that because I was a bit like, Benedict, stop making it about you. It was really annoying. I was like, this is about Anthony. Stop stop rattling on about your stupid art. No one's interested. <laughs> I just felt like he was making it about him. And it wasn't was very he? helpful to Anthony. Anthony's probably thinking, like, I don't give a shit. I don't know anything about art. This doesn't make any sense to me. But it wasn't about art. His metaphor was art-based. But I thought it was really on the money. Because he's saying, change of perspective. Are you saying Anthony couldn't relate that to his situation? Yeah, like, I didn't really relate. I was like, oh, God, he's talking about art. What's he talking about? But can um, you look beyond the metaphor? <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, I just felt like use metaphors that are good for other people not for yourself and Anthony's not a painter he's not an artist like I don't know so what would you have said then to make it relatable to Anthony something about sleeping with prostitutes because Anthony would get that okay so something like (laughs) you just change your position you don't change your prostitute yeah (laughs) and you leave your money on the side yeah okay something like (laughs) Something to do with money and prostitutes, I feel like, would work yeah. with Anthony. Keep it on his level. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, cool. Um, this let's... might be the longest episode we've ever done. I just feel emotionally exhausted. <laughs> A part of me feels like I've had sex with Anthony. It was so... <laughs> <laughs> you wish... I do and also does anyone else feel like it was just so intimate 
I mean, I want to do a poll that says, were you shocked that he went down on Kate? Mm. But is that too... Oh, fine. I don't know anymore. I don't know what's too far. I don't know Because Bridgerton is very rude. And sometimes I worry that we say things and our listeners are like, that's too far. Um, I don't know how far we can go. Okay, that's too (laughs) far. It's all very new to us. Yeah, let's just play it safe. I was supposed to edit out some of the comments from the previous episode and then I realised I hadn't, so I'm not We didn't have any complaints, so I like to think the kind of people that are listening to this are the kind of people that don't mind watching very, very rude scenes in Bridgerton, so I feel like we're kind of cool. Okay, hopefully we'll soon find out. But if you have any complaints, direct them to Chrissy. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sad about this being the last episode next week oh my I'm God, not ready is. and I'm so oh. upset there's no more sex but that's remind our listeners right yes. so we would like to continue this podcast until season three comes out so yes. we've been thinking about ideas for episodes so we're thinking about comparing book one mm-hmm. to series one and mm-hmm. book two to series two which will be really interesting because there's actually quite a lot of differences between the books and the tv show and then we thought we could do an episode about our top three best sex scenes from Bridgerton so we can talk loads and loads and loads about that if you've got any other ideas please come on Facebook and tell us and we would love to hear them yeah that would be really good and I think we're also going to do some podcasts around like 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 the top three best bits or the the worst dresses or um like little series recaps you know so that'd be cool we can come up with lots of ideas to keep things fun whilst we're waiting for series three it's a drug and if we just stop and go cold turkey guys we're gonna get really ill so we need to help each other out here and yeah keep it going keep it going lovely so enjoy the rest of your day and we look forward to discussing the next episode with you bye bye